How many are glad last year's gone? How many are looking forward to this year? For those on live stream, it's almost unanimous. Okay, this one's the hard one. How many are actually a little apprehensive about what's going to happen this next year? All of our students agree. It, you know, this is, the, this is always for me kind of an awkward holiday. It's not really something I consider a holiday. I mean, technically we get um, New Year's Day off as a staff, but it's in our personnel policy because it's a national holiday and that's what t- plays out. But it's, I mean, the changing a lot of times just doesn't mean that much to me. I'm pretty well going to do today what I did last Sunday, what I did the 51 Sundays before that, But I did the 52 Sundays before that. Somebody better at math than me figures out how many 52 Sundays a year there are in 40 years of being a pastor. Um, But I've been doing this for a while. So I don't really expect a whole lot to change. But yet you can't help but get swept up in it a little bit and think, "This, this is a new moment. This is a new opportunity and, and I want to embrace it. I want to look forward to what's taking place, even if it's apprehensive, even if it's a a little bit frightening, and even if it creates significant anxiety for us because there's so many unknowns and so many things we're uncertain about and things that are outside of our control. And maybe it was a difficult last year, or maybe it was a great last year. Maybe it's more apprehensive when you've had a really banner year, and then you're starting into a new one, and you're thinking, will be that great again? To me, it's much like preparing for an athletic start. I mean, whether you're getting here in the locker room, you're preparing to go out onto the field as a football player, whether you're in the back doing your final stretches and getting ready to walk up to the line as a track um, competitor, it's like inside of me, internally, there is this both positive and negative apprehension that says I need to be ready. I, you know, I've prepared, I, 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 know what I, I know what I can do, I know what I can accomplish, I know what I know, what I know that's ahead, and I can, I can do this, and I can successfully compete, and I can come to December 31st, 2023, with a sense of conclusion and a sense of accomplishment. And so it's a little bit like gearing up, preparing for something. And I want to share from the book of Proverbs four simple principles that have absolutely really nothing to do with New Year's resolutions. It's depressing. I don't know what your news feed said, but every article I read this week said most of us will fail on our resolutions by January 18th. That wasn't the most encouraging start to 2023. So I'm not going to talk about doing resolutions, but I want to talk about preparing for life specifically from a Christian and from a biblical perspective. If you go on our website, you look at the things we believe, we have all the different tenets of our faith listed there and links to our national convention and the, the, the confessions of faith we all agree upon in our convention. Um, all that's there, but you'll see for us as a church, for as a ministry, we've narrowed it down to four core values. And one of those core values is what I believe is the best way to be prepared for a new year. And that is being biblically focused. And so I want to just share four simple principles about being biblically focused in the new year as more of the foundation or the undergirding 
for what we're going to do. Because many, I mean, we've had conversations over the last few weeks. I know and have friends who are looking forward to new experiences in work, maybe completely new work jobs. We've talked to several of us this morning on the team. We're talking about changes and residences and locations, buying and selling houses. We're in the process of selling our church and hope to have some news on that in the next few weeks and, and relocating to a facility and all the things that are involved in that. There's just a lot of things going on. And it, for me personally, being biblically focused helps me have the right direction and helps me not to lose my way in the midst of everything I'm going to face. And so we have that opportunity to celebrate as everybody has done globally, but also to prepare and to anticipate because more than resolutions, more than new decisions, more than the dawning of a new calendar year, we anticipate the opportunity to see God do something only God can do. Many of us know, many of us can quote it, but the prophet Jeremiah, who was not having a real good time, and the nation of Israel that was not having a real good time in Jeremiah and after the exile and all the things that were going to take place, but in the middle of all that, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, very popular verse, God says, I know the plans I have for you. And those are plans of hope. Everything I don't know about this next year, God already knows, God already understands. And what I want to do is position myself where I can listen to him as my coach. As I can approach the starting line for a new year and hear his voice and understand what those plans are. Because the plans he has for me have historically proven out always to be true in my life are the best plans. And so it's really not so much that I've come up with my plan for the year as much as I want to be prepared. I want to be ready to hear and experience his plan for the year. And Proverbs is a great place to go. We're going to be in chapter four. Chapter three and chapter four are a conversation that's taking place. The vibe of it is um, a situation in which like a father or a grandfather is giving advice to a young son or giving advice to a young grandson about just simply living life, incorporating not just life hacks that get you to get things done differently or better or more effectively or more cost efficient, but how to live with a foundation in who we are how God designed us, what God does in his creative salvation and love for us and what he wants us to do. And in the, towards the end of that, in Proverbs chapter four, you go all the way down to verse 20, he kind of comes to this summary statement where he emphasizes the importance of his word, but we know from earlier in the chapter, particularly in chapter three, it is the importance of God's word through this father, through this grandfather. And when we're biblically focused, it gives us a pathway. It gives us the markings, the direction, the guidance. It gives us the fortitude. It gives us the undergirding. It gives us the ability to live in such a way that we experience the plans God has for us and the hope God has for us and and the things that God wants us 
to know about him and know about his work in our life. And when the unexpected comes, when the things that we get apprehensive about happen, we don't lose our way because our foundation is actually not built on our circumstances. Circumstances are something we have to deal with, we have to go through, but they don't define us. They don't identify us. That's not who we are and that's not what our plan is to just simply react to everything. Being biblically focused, knowing who we are, where we're going, knowing what's taking place gives us confidence in the journey. Because nobody really wants to live with that apprehension. I mean, even your kids know this. Your, your youngest children, your youngest grandchildren, they know this. How many of us have ever taken a trip by vehicle or even by plane or any other mode of transportation and you're barely into the trip, you're just barely starting it and the first words you hear out of the back seat are the first words you hear in the terminal, are we there yet? And the reality is no, we're not. We're still on the journey. Biblically focused allows us to answer the question, are we there yet? Because now the there isn't dependent upon the circumstances of our trip, the there is dependent upon who we are and how we define ourselves. So in Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, he says, my son, again, this is his father, grandfather talking to a son, grandson, they would apply, it's across the board, it could be a grandmother talking to a granddaughter. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. This is a pathway. This is a journey that helps us in life itself. Being biblically focused happens in verse 20 when he says, pay attention to my words because we know from chapter 3 that his words are based on the word of God. And so the wisdom here is the wisdom of God. It's not just the wisdom of experience. It's not just the wisdom of time or education or knowledge. It is a wisdom handed down, revealed, given to us from God. Pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. Being biblically focused means in 2023, we simply prioritize knowing what the word of God has to say and how it speaks to our life. And this is as simple as any other relationship. You have to spend time with the one who's speaking. So it means simply in terms of discipline, you need to spend time praying, you need to spend time reading the Bible, you need to, believe it or not, spend time in church when you can't be in community, be connected with us through online or whichever church you're a part of. We got a number of guests who are in town visiting family and you'll go back to your home, you'll go back to your town, you'll go back to your church and if you don't have one, I would challenge you to find one in the new year. Not because it's a new year's resolution, but because we want to hear 
what God says. And to be able to hear what God says, we have to be in his proximity. Now, yes, he's with us all the time, but he reveals himself to us intimately through his word. And so we have to be in his word if we're going to pay attention to his words, listen closely to his sayings, not lose sight of them, and to keep his word them in our hearts. We have to be exposed to it. And exposure just takes time. Now, you can do it a number of ways. We encourage you to use the YouVersion app. We encourage you to use the Bible plans. I just finished, or actually, I'm about a week away. Um, by this time, probably next week, depending on how my schedule goes this week, I will have finished the chronological Bible. Um, it's one of the plans in YouVersion. It takes you through the scriptures in a chronological way. So you're going to jump around a lot when you read that version of the Bible. And, and it's going to take you a lot of different places at different times. You can find yourself in the book of Jeremiah, then find yourself in the book of Acts, because things are happening according to the chronological sequence of those predictions and those things that we find in the Old Testament and the fulfillment of the New Testament. And so it takes you through in the order of the scriptures not by canon, that is the, the way it's set up now with all the different books in the Bible, but by the events that they represent and by the timeline. It's a good way to change it up. If you've been reading it by books or in some other fashion, it was a good way. It was a good way for me to change it up. I'm about a week away from finishing it. I've already saved the Bible plan. I'm going to use this next year. So as soon as I finish that one, I will start it. I may actually start it this afternoon just because I'm kind of... I'm kind of obsessive that way sometimes. And, and so starting on January 1, ending on December 31st is appealing to me. So I may start it and do, for one week, do two plans at the same time. A lot of that's going to depend on my schedule when we get back to the office on Tuesday. So we'll have to see what happens and what takes place. But it systematically keeps me in the Word of God. Now, is every day this brilliant revelation, this, this life-changing moment? No. I don't, want to, I don't want to shock anybody, but there are parts of the Bible you just have to grunt your way through. I mean, it's just not interesting. I mean, you might find some tidbit. It may be a little bit like searching for jewelry on the beach that you might hope you find something, but you just have to do it. But the, the, the really cool thing about being in a relationship with God is His Spirit's constantly speaking to us, and we don't know when He's going to speak. It may surprise you. He may speak to you this morning. He may speak to you through me, which would surprise both of us at the same time. God, God has that ability because we're in relationship. Being biblically focused means we're paying attention. We're listening. We're not losing sight of it. And that requires discipline. I am not walking out onto a football field prior to a game. I'm not walking up to the starting line of a track meet without prior preparation. I mean, I could, honestly, I could. But it's almost a guaranteed failure. It'll show up on YouTube, on Fail Army, the following day. Hey, look, this pastor went out to play football at 62. Not a pretty picture. But you can prepare. You can get ready. That's what this is. Being biblically focused is preparation. The next one is being biblically guarded. And this is so important right now. I, I, I say this is, this is so important for every individual who's in this room, who's listening online, who will listen online later this week. Being biblically guarded is absolutely essential in this period of history. 
Verse 22 says, for they are, referring to the word of God, the words of wisdom, they are life to those who find them. Health to one whole body, one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Being biblically guarded means I'm not just listening to the words, but I'm applying them and I'm using them to buffer me against the exposure that I experience every day. In every moment, I am challenged. I'm challenged in who I am. I am absolutely challenged in my faith. And everything is against us. And I I hate to be negative on, on New Year's Day as you're facing a new year. But if you're in school, you're going to hear things that contradict Scripture. You're going to hear things that contradict who you are and the definition of who you are. If you're in the corporate workplace, you're going to hear things, you're going to be told things, and you're going to have to make decisions this year. And you need a framework for making those decisions. And I'm just advocating that the best framework is being biblically focused, which means you become biblically guarded. If you know who you are, And if you know what you want to accomplish, and if you know your destination, where you're headed, it's a lot easier to make the decisions along the way. And I'm not saying that you don't take some deviations or the things don't happen or things don't change along the way. You don't plan to have a flat tire on your trip, but if it happens, you deal with it, you move on, but you already know where you're going, and so you know where to move on. You know what you've got to accomplish, what needs to be done so that you can move on. Not so that you can just survive that one instance, that one circumstance, but so that you can continue. Being biblically guarded allows us to continue when the deep, disturbing, difficult, about three Ds in a row, I didn't even plan that, moments come in our life See, now I'm thinking in my head, I wonder if I can come up with any more. But that would distract us and keep you from lunch, and I don't really want to do that either. Know where you're going. Being guarded helps you be able to do that. I I know where I'm going. Almost daily, I remind myself of Paul's words in Philippians, that I am a citizen of heaven, and I am eagerly awaiting a Savior from there. So if I get a diagnosis this week that says there's only six more months, guess what? Believe it or not, I'm going to be disturbed. There's some things I want to get done. But for the most part, I'm okay. The doctor just answered the question, are we there yet? Within the year, I'll be there. Because I'm not about here. I'm about there. I'm a citizen of heaven. And I am eagerly awaiting my Savior from there. I know the destination. There is absolutely no confusion in my mind. And so when the more difficult moments come, when the harder moments come, when corporate sends down a message that says you need to be able to do this, say this, act this way, conform this way, and you know it doesn't comply with where you're going, you can make the decision. As hard as it is, you can make the decision because you know where you're going. If you're just kind of randomly moving along with no sense of direction, and then you've done nothing to guard that and preserve it, those moments are devastating. Biblically guarded. These words are life to me. These words are health to my whole body. These words guard and help me to aggressively guard my heart 
above all things because it is a source of life. And this word defines who I am. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a child of God. I am a brother to Jesus. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am a part of a royal priesthood, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. I am a saint, and I'm not waiting for any organization to declare that. I already know that I am because Scripture tells me that I am. Yes, I know that sometimes the lifestyle is contradictory to that, but again, if you know where you're going, you can make the corrections. It guides us. Guard our hearts this year. Because nothing else, no one else is interested in protecting your heart other than God. Everybody else is going to be interested in what they can get from your heart. And they don't mind if it depreciates everything about who you are if they get it. Guard yourself. Be biblically focused, biblically guarded, be biblically verbal. Verse 24 says, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. Being biblically verbal means I let God's word, this plan for my life, I let it guide what I say, and that's easy to do if I've let it guide what I hear. But it's not just in the sense of, okay, you know, you look at this passage of scripture and say, okay, I don't want to speak dishonestly. Everyone knows that. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that honesty is the best pathway. It's simple. It's practical. Don't let your lips talk deviously. That all makes sense. You don't have to be a believer to make sense. That's why I'm saying be biblically verbal because let this wisdom, let the wisdom of God's word working in us in a relationship with God, let that be the topic of our conversation. So do you need to leave out of church, go to the restaurant, and as you're sitting there, say, you know, respond to the waiter in some, for, some form or fashion and change up all your English? I believe thou, my wife, will order thee unsweet iced tea. I don't have to do that. That's not speaking biblically. Although I was visiting with one of our guests this morning. She said she could remember my name because of the King James version of the Bible. I was a little disappointed. I thought she was just going to say, I was King James. It's great. It's beautiful. Many, many of you grew up in a time and an atmosphere when the world was used to reading that way. That time disappeared about 60 or 70 years ago at least. You don't go and order the burger. You don't go over and say, you know what, I can't even make it up because we just don't use that language. Speaking verbally means you understand what you're talking about and you're speaking not in some form or fashion, not a show, but you're speaking verbally because the content of your heart is based on the word of God. That's one of the great things about Bible study. One of, the, one of the best components about Bible study is it gives you a safe environment in which you can talk about scripture, understand scripture. I don't understand everything there is in scripture. And I have made a lifetime and a career out of studying it and being an expert on it. And I don't understand it all. And in another 20 years or another 30 years, I'm still not going to understand it all. But 
If I'm constantly putting in my life so I'm biblically focused, if I'm letting it guard who I am and how I define myself, and then I'm having regular conversations about it, it helps me to process and think through and understand. And it makes it easier to guard yourself. And just about every athletic event, just about everything we do actually, it's all about muscle memory. I mean, if you're playing a game and you're in a seriously intense firefight, you're holding that controller. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, your kids and grandkids do. Um, you're, not, you're not looking at it, saying, oh, I gotta hit A, oh, I gotta hit X, oh, I gotta hit B. No, 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 oh, no, I hit Y, no, I need to go to the attack map. You're, you're not looking at it. You've put enough time in, if you've got any skill at all, that it comes natural. And put a controller in your hand and you don't ever have to look at it. You know automatically, boom, 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 boom. And there's like, I didn't count them up because I just configured a new, um, new one recently. I didn't count them up, but there's like probably two dozen options. But you don't even have to think because you've done it so much and so regularly and so consistently, your hand, your fingers know where to go. Now imagine a 2023 where you have inputted into your life enough of the word of God that when something happens, you instantly respond. You mentally know exactly what to do. Your body knows how to react. Your mouth knows what to say because it's so ingrained in who you are. You have the ability to be biblically verbal. Studying on your own is absolutely required but studying with others and being in community where you can have those conversations are one of the most helpful things you can do. Be biblically verbal. Let God's word guide and let it begin with our tongues. Let it begin with the things that we think and the things that we speak and the way we make decisions. And then last but not least, what this describes is what I'm calling a biblically charted life. Verse 25 says, let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Verse 26 says, carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Being biblically charted means you actually understand where you're going, what you're doing, who you are. You understand these things in a biblical context. And as a result, as you travel and pitfalls and difficult moments and darkness and the things that can get you lost happen, you have the ability because of these other things you've already done, because you've been biblically focused, you've paid attention to it, because you've been biblically guarded and you've protected yourself and you've protected your heart and you've protected your mind. And because you've been verb biblically verbal, you've had conversations and talking about the word of God and understanding the word of God is a commonplace everyday experience, then you can be biblically charted. You can live the life even with the difficulties or distractions and know where you go. This is a simple principle. We do this all the time in some form or another. I was at a wedding Friday night, went on into the evening, so it's completely dark. It's out in the country. It was difficult to get to during daylight. GPS was questionable. The father of the groom put out signs along the way 
so that you would have some idea, hoping that everybody attending the wedding wouldn't get lost. And that was fine. I was dealing with some stuff here for the church. I needed to come back to the office. Um, and so it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm coming back to the office. I need to get out of the country. It was, it was more like wilderness. It was even further than country. Um, and I needed to get back and I came out. And it, it, do you have that confidence? I know all the guys do, but I think, I think girls do this sometimes too. It's like, I, I know, I've got my bearings. I, I know. Pulled out of the wedding venue, pulled up to the first county road pulled up without even thinking. I thought, oh yeah, when I came in, I made a left turn, so I'm going to make a right turn. Y'all can probably figure what's about to happen. I get to the end of that road, which actually dead ends into a T with a completely different road. And I realized, okay, this, this can't possibly be right. Something, something's wrong. So I turned around, drove back past the wedding venue, and that began to not look correct. I mean, the only thing on the road was me and a raccoon. I mean, it was wilderness. I'm thinking, well, this doesn't look right, it, which, is, which is an erroneous statement to start with. I couldn't see a thing. I mean, there weren't even stars to guide by. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. So I come to a stop, and I think, I'm not sure this is the right way. Let me drive back to the venue and start over. By now, I'm thinking I could call the groom, but he's in the middle of some dance with his bride and he probably wouldn't appreciate, hey, I'm trying to get home. This, and then I start, you know, I start thinking of those other things, you know, you ever, you ever do this? I don't, this may be an older person's thing. You know, I'm starting to think, if I go off in a ditch, who, who's gonna know? Nobody's gonna find me. Nobody, nobody's gonna know. Hope I'm conscious and I can call somebody. I mean, you're having all these thoughts and which creates anxiety and you begin to panic a little bit and you're like, okay, so I do what everybody else would have done a lot sooner than this. I pull out my phone, pull up GPS, and begin to look at it. Um, there was a day when I would have pulled out a physical map, but you need to watch the old black and white um, sitcoms to see anybody use a paper map. I don't even think they exist anymore. Um, pulled it out, figured it out, and it's like, oh, guess what? It was a completely different road I was supposed to be on. And eventually I weave my way around and I finally get it and I finally find my way back to a place where I could recognize. It didn't stop the journey. I didn't, I didn't just give up and say, this is too stressful, I can't take it. It was stressful and I was getting anxious. I, I didn't stop and say, well, this upset me so bad I'm not gonna go to the office now. I mean, it didn't ruin my life because I knew where I was headed I knew where I was going. I knew why I needed to go there. I knew I was capable. And I, knew, and I had the resources to help me make the decisions to make it possible. I just needed to go on accurate information that I was aware of. The chart was laid out before me. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew exactly what I was going to do even when I got confused, I knew exactly what I was going to do because in advance, I had prepared myself and I was aware of what was going to take place and I knew which resources to activate when it was confusing. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet.
and all your ways will be established. Don't turn from the right or the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Be biblically charted. And the best way to do that this year is in your Bible. It's the greatest resource we have. And if you need help on that, our band's gonna come. We're gonna close out, go to lunch. Um, if you need help on that, let us, let us know. Because starting to read the Bible is not an easy thing. And we can give you some guidance. We can give you some tips on better ways to do that. If you need to talk to somebody, then look through. We'll be posting all the new stuff um, starting in January. New Bible studies, new small groups, things taking place. Become a part of one. Make a point to come and be a part of, of teaching and music. Everything we do in here accomplishes these four things. Every song Pastor Josh picks out meets the guidance of these four things. Because we are at the core of who we are as a church, a biblically focused people. If we do that, I'm not convinced 2023 doesn't have hazards and some bad moments, but I'm convinced we come to the end of that year successfully and meaningfully having brought glory to God and knowing him better than we know now. And we can celebrate being his child, knowing him, being a joint heir with him, being in relationship with him, having a father who's with us every single moment. The best way to start your New Year's is make sure you're in relationship with him. Just simply stop right now, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking, and just say, yes, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Guide me, walk with me this year. Be my GPS, because I will get lost this year. I will get distracted this year. I will stumble at times. But I can tell you, every year since I met Jesus, he has never let me down and if you meet him today, he won't let you down either.